Blog Talk Radio. Evening, everybody. This is page one on Blog Talk Radio. Uh, from the Midwest, it is yours truly, LeVar, and of course out in Sin City, where, as we speak, gamblers are once again plopping their money into machines. My wonderful co-host, Mary, how are you? I am living the dream. <laughs> a lot of people usually at my uh, job would say that, uh, but if I usually hear that, then I know that it's been a long week. <laughs> and um, <laughs> yeah, it, I think it, it's been that way for everybody. And I will tell you um, tonight we will try not to be too somber. We will try not to be too maudlin, um, if that's a proper word to use, but we do not uh, want to, we don't want you to think that we're trying to skip over what the main um, news of the week has been. Uh, I'll discuss that momentarily. Uh, I didn't think that when we left the show last Friday, because last Friday when we left here, we pretty much were under a different kind of uh, stage. We had not gotten to uh, the major protest uh, and the looting that you have seen in recent days. Let that not take away the main message as to why the protests were happening. Um I can't think of anyone that has not been affected in some way or has not known someone that has either protested uh, or business-wise that has uh, been involved in uh, losing something due to the looting and the rioting. Um, I can honestly tell you from uh, my own experiences uh, where I'm here in Chicago, uh, it has happened close by, too close for comfort, a couple minutes away from where I live. Um, the only thing I think I could say, pretty much at this point, is that and I, uh, I've been searching for things to pretty much say. Um, and I think there was a, a reverend on today while the mayor of Chicago spoke. And he said one thing that kind of struck clear. Don't stop protesting. Do it in a respectful and peaceful way, but don't stop because the message needs to continue. This coming from a reverend, a man of the cloth. And even he condemned the things that went around the protesting. Um, there's so many videos, I think I've lost track of different people doing different things at different times. I will tell you this, and as I told a friend this week uh, in conversation, sometimes, even in situations like this, it's best to probably put down your phone, put down your iPad, and you know, I don't know the word I'm looking for. Maybe you can help me. I guess kind of uh, detox from everything that's happening because it will pretty much affect you if you're just constantly looking at stuff. And I don't know yet if there's any medical studies on 
you know, people's blood pressure or uh, health because of everything here in the last week. Heck, let alone the last month and a half or two months. You know, we've gone straight from a pandemic into a, another type of pandemic. And I don't know about you, but um, my friend, it's. I think when we've got to Friday of this week, it's kind of like we're at the end of the week, and now you feel that you have to, uh, I think if everybody could, they could probably plop in a chair and probably drink something <laughs> at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I didn't want to go into this show tonight uh, not acknowledging what's going on. We know what's going on. And uh, we hope that this is a little bit of a respite for you on this Friday night. We'll try to, you know, talk about some things, but I did not want to start the show or go into the show without uh, kind of acknowledging it. And I, I stand by what I said last week um, and even adding an addendum. Um, just continue to do what you do. And if it is for the betterment and good, please do that. If you know of anyone that is wrong and is uh, doing something wrong, call them out. Because we don't have time to roll forward with people who have an evil agenda and are looking to either uh, kill, destroy, maim, or injure. We don't need it. Don't have time for it. And continue to be the good people that you are. Because it's the only thing is going to fan out hate or fan out wrong. And I hope that uh, as we go into this weekend, we don't have a repeat of last weekend. Um, but continue to use your voice for good whether it's on social media or whether it is as you're protesting. Uh, because the message itself has to be responded to and there has to be some type of answer. So um, I never ever begin these shows off like that, but you can, like I said, it, it's impossible. Even with anything else that we talk about, to probably go into some story that we're probably going to talk about tonight without even acknowledging that first. And before I kind of continue, too, I just want to remind you all that coming up this Sunday, uh, we will have part two of our uh, coronavirus uh, roundtable discussion. Uh, Join us 9 o'clock Eastern time. And I guess on a personal note, too, last week I announced (laughs) – I'm – (laughs) I'm going to be honest with all of you. Last week on the show, I announced that we were going to be interviewing somebody for the 411 Lounge. That person had agreed to appear on the 411 Lounge. I am not going to knock the person... I think that they're a wonderful person. Uh, But late last week, that person's representation uh, got in touch with us, said that they had 
a few concerns that they were hoping that could be rectified before this show aired. I hadn't even got a chance to get back with that person before they sent a second email, a follow-up email, stating that uh, at this time they felt uh, to protect their um, person's best interest that they don't do the show. And proceeded in which even before I could answer or see about maybe rectifying their concerns, to pretty much just block us. Not even answer it. Just they already had made their decision. They never even responded to my follow-up email, in which I can't tell you how high of a road I took. And I can share it with you if you want me to share it with you. But as I stated on Twitter, that we're not going to apologize for shows that we do, people that we have on, because every voice has an interesting story. And whoever wants to come on, I'm not going to turn it down. And if you feel that it is not in your best interest to do a show, that is fine. I wish you the best of luck. I'm not mad at you. But I just think that it is unfair when you express a concern and you make a decision before I could even come to you. And even then, when I came to you and was willing to do anything to uh, make sure that your concerns were met. But we've been doing this for 10 years. Nothing will change. I'm appreciative of everyone who has been on this platform of broadcast because you've listened to them, you've given me your feedback, and no one else has seemed to have a problem with it, which I don't either. And I'll continue to invite anyone from any walk of life that is interested in telling their story, sharing a story, coming on this show, and talking about it. It would be everything against my uh, journalistic, pretty much, <laughs> uh, integrity to extremely change things or views for anyone. Not going to happen. Won't happen. And there's a million different podcasts. You can go on it if you want. But as I know for here, we will do what we can to make sure that everyone is comfortable coming here. And if you are not, that's your decision. I stand by it, and I'm sorry that it didn't happen. I wanted the show to happen, but it will not happen. But this Sunday we will have our roundtable, and if there's any future 411 loungers of shows, you will always hear about it here first. But that is the most I will say on that top topic. I will not mention it again, um, and I wish them the best of luck. But, yeah, we do what we do. We've been doing it for 10 years. Why change now? <laughs> Um. <laughs> so, now that I've got that out, <laughs> I guess gotta I should do the housekeeping first. Always huh? gotta do the housekeeping first. Yeah, you yeah, yeah well, do the housekeeping out the way because I mean I mentioned it on Twitter this week, and everything was all set. And it's if it's one thing that I can't understand is that if you've agreed to something. And then all of a sudden you have an issue. 
after the fact. Because sometimes some people wait a little bit before they come back and they say, okay, I'll do it. But you just went into it and said, yes, you do it. It would be like me saying, you know, or promising, oh, yeah, we'll do it. We're looking forward to it. And I start doing everything in its propriety. And then you kind of just like, well, we got an issue with this. Well, now you do? Yeah. And I know it probably wasn't that person's but I was like but then you just did like to me what I think is like uh, it was like an immature thing it's just to block me I didn't say anything it's just like you just blocked me I was like really <laughs> I mean I don't care about being blocked I'm pretty sure I've been blocked by other people but <laughs> it's, it's yeah, you know, I tend to block and unblock you all the time yeah <laughs> but I think it's just so like it's strange because it's like you're going to block me on top of it without even me getting a chance to respond to your concern. So obviously you had already made up your mind. So why write and say, Hey, is there something that can be changed? But that's just me. But anyway, uh, before I kind of get into the stories tonight, I guess I wanted to ask you, uh, what was it? Wednesday night, midnight was when the, uh, or early Thursday morning was when the casinos were back up out there. Thursday morning at 12.01 AM. Yeah. So what do you see it out there? Is there a lot of people that are showing back up out that way, or is it uh, still kind of uh, people are slowly getting back into the norm? Oh, I could get in trouble. Um, all right, so I well, no, you won't get me in trouble. I could get myself in trouble. You know what, um, I will, the politically correct answer I will say from the person that's watching be, the news. What have you seen? Uh, for, for a person that's watching, the, okay, there are a lot of locals that are going out that have been second doors that have welcomed the fact that Las Vegas is reopened. And there are a lot of locals that are doing the whole, since we've been closed and had last call, the lights seem to be brighter tonight because we're back. Um, we do have tourists coming in. Uh, we do have people uh, driving in, flying in, so we are getting that influx of people. Uh, unfortunately, with the positive, there's always a negative. Um, I, I, it's, it's not. It is a fact of life. If you have a left, you have a right. You can't have, you know, you can't have one without the other. So we've got the locals and the people that are coming out and they're celebrating and we have the per- the people that I, 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 this is with affection, the mouth-breathing troglodytes that are just ruining it for everyone else. Um, so, <laughs> so, so we've, got, we've got the people that don't understand the word social and distancing even after everything's happened. I think they figured the casinos are open, COVID-19 has gone away, it is no longer a thing. It's like it's not halftime even. We've already reached the end of the game. COVID is lost, and we're now going to celebrate. Um, so mm-hmm. it, it, the positive is we are getting that back. We are getting the flow back. We're getting people back into work, which is great. Um, it is a little strange to go into these places, these gaming establishments, and see the new setups and to see people wandering around and and, and casinos are doing their damnedest. They are doing their best to, to make it their own and to acknowledge that it's a scary time, 
and acknowledge the social distancing and acknowledge that, you know, there are people that are afraid, uh, have fear of it and the people that don't and trying to mix that together and find a happy medium. But, but yeah, you, you've got the, you've got the entire spectrum out there. You've got all the way from, I, I don't understand why everybody's on top of each other and not wearing masks and, oh my God, they're not disinfecting to all the way to, oh my God, the casino's open, like stop. Okay. So I do my Valley Girl, but it's not a very good one. Um, for me, I'm happy they're open. That's a lot of people. This is That is our main source of income around here. And I'm not talking like tax revenue or any of that. I'm talking about people coming here and spending their – we are a tourist town, and if people yeah. come out here and spend their expendable income, that's jobs that um, and, and jobs across all sectors. I'm talking waitresses, dealers, the people in the casinos, the people in the hotels, taxis, CTA, well, it's not CTA, it's um, RTC out here, but the buses, the Uber, Lyft, food, you know, it's across the board if we Drink. don't have Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's all of those things. It's it's rental properties, it's housing, it's law enforcement, it's medical staff. It's amazing how much one industry impacts an entire area when that's the one big thing. That's our big fish. So it's good to have it back. Um I'm I'm reserving judgment on the opening for a couple of weeks to see what happens with the numbers, but uh, it's a positive for a lot of people, and a lot more people are out and about. That one, I will say, I've seen so many more people out in the world in Vegas, so it's not as um, ghost town. There's not as much tumbleweed as there are as it used to be. Uh, in the last few months, so that there therein is the positive. See, I tried to keep it from not getting in trouble. No, no, but because for a lot of us, I, I mean, use my vocab. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, for a lot of us who are not out that way, this is really is. I mean, with Vegas opening back up, and here in Chicago, we've opened some things back up, but some things aren't fully open back up only because of things that have happened this past week. Uh, and some things have been canceled, Vegas really is going to be the barometer by which a lot of other cities are going to start to really just put things back into place. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, while other places have opened before you guys, but they've done it by way of other services and not everything else, you know, this really right here is huge because this this goes is how – you know, Atlantic City will go or how other places will go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, like I said, we've been slowly building up to this, which is good. We have been taking our time to get to the gaming portion. Um, but gaming is big. Gaming is huge. Gaming is everywhere. Um, mm-hmm. It's not Vegas unless there's a gaming machine in the gas station. Like, you can't go, you can't go to the grocery store without gaming. So it, it, it is, that's, like I said, that's our big fish. Um, so to have that open up and on top of that, 
that's going to be large crowds. That's going to be large gatherings. Most right. places that have been opening up have been, what, less than 50, 50 percent, mm-hmm. 250, I've heard in some places. But they're really capping it at a, at a, at a lower number when you think about things. Like there are people, like um, what store had a capacity? Uh, I, I, one of the grocery stores uh, we were talking about, you know, at 50% your capacity, they're, they're like 100 people is not 50%. That's like a, that's like an eighth of what we can have. We Our capacity in the store is like 1,000 people. Oh. And we're capping it at like 100. So it's a tenth of what we're doing. And to me, 100 people seems like a lot of people in one place. You go to our big resorts like Caesars, Bellagio, Venetian, you're talking tens of thousands of people. Yeah. So, yeah. So even at half capacity, you're still talking about tens of thousands of people. And so it'll be it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting for the next couple of weeks to see what happens. Right. Because all it'll take is that one person, you know, I hope it doesn't happen, where they come back and they say, hey, you know what, I felt kind of sick and I went ahead to the casino anyway. And then it turns out to be something major, and yeah, that's the last thing you need. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, just be safe out there, people. It it, it was an interesting thing to see because, like I said, I mean, I think as this goes is how everything else will go because people are watching it and saying, hey, a couple of weeks from now, we'll really know how this works because if it's something to the fact that people are doing what they're doing then other cities may feel safe opening other things back up that are probably, you know, half of what the casinos are. Uh, I do know here in Chicago, the lakefront, which has been shut down pretty much since March, um, there is talk of them opening back up some of parts of the lakefront. Um, but they're kind of waiting and looking for a good point to do it, and I think that something like that would uh, make or break what a lot of other cities do. So. Um, so for those people that go to the casino, they probably left the kids at home, which probably leads us to our next story. Uh, interesting. <laughs> see, see, I like see how I segue that. Um, segue that so great. Yeah, but interesting article from HuffPost. Um, it was entitled "It's Not Just You." There's a reason that kids are clingy right now. And it says toddlers and teens alike can't seem to leave parents alone. And here's what's behind it and how to deal. And it said that pretty much a strange aspect of parenting during the coronavirus pandemic that you can spend so many hours with your kids during the week and they can still be hungry for more of your time and attention. But many parents are dealing with clingy kids right now and wondering how they'll keep it together when things reopen, whenever and however that happens in their area. So pretty much they gave the 411 on kids and clinginess and how to cope. Uh, one major sub-point of this was that kids cling because they're looking to feel safe Uh, One major reason why kids cling to their parents is because they're trying really hard to help themselves feel safe and comforted. Uh, Stephen Myers, a professor of psychology at Roosevelt University here in Chicago, says that clinginess is an instinctual response to a perceived threat and anxiety. In evolutionary terms, offspring of all species are more likely to survive if they stay close to their parents for protection when danger is imminent. Children have this encoded in their biology, and it can be triggered by the stresses and uncertainties of a global pandemic. So clinging, then, is the visible uh, manifestation of your child's effort to cope with all the changes uh, in their world right now. Uh, Older kids might also regress into some clinginess right now. 
Uh, clinginess can be a developmental phase for babies, toddlers, and preschoolers, and it is absolutely age-typical for younger children. But these days, parents of older children might also have kids who are hanging on to them. Uh, experts say that that kind of regression isn't necessarily surprising. So your nine-year-old, who used to be pretty adept at independent play, might now be following you around the house all day like a shadow. Uh, but older children may regress under acute stress and in active ways that's as common for their current age. Uh, also, keeping routines is essential. And I think every parent who has had a child whose school was probably cut short can probably agree to this. Um, probably the last advice any parent wants to hear right now is that establishing routines is important. Whether enthusiasm uh, parents had for creating daily schedules way back when school was first canceled is for so many burnt-out mothers and fathers long gone. But experts say that creating daily routines goes way deeper than keeping your kid on track academically. It's about giving them an underlying sense of security that's very important right now. They say that routine provides kids with the structure and expectations about what happens during the day. It can be a flexible, relaxed schedule, just something that gives them kind of an emotional home base to return to. Uh, one strategy for vanquishing or at least reducing clinginess is to make sure that those daily routines and schedules include stretches of uninterrupted kid parent time. Play a board game together. Uh, sit down and build or read a book. Giving them your undivided attention for a bit can fill them up emotionally so that they're less likely to hang on you during other stretches in the schedule. Uh, it's also worth noting that if kids have some level of routine in place, the shift back to life outside the house won't necessarily be as jarring or feel as dramatic. Uh, so they say, so try to get ahead of separation anxiety in the fall whenever school resumes. Try to stick with some level of daily scheduling throughout the summer. Um, there's a few more other good things, but they're just saying try to be a mo model of calmness and confidence. Uh, they said just to, you know, check in with yourself and your partner about the kinds of messages you're putting out there. Experts aren't saying that you can't or shouldn't acknowledge how hard this all is, but you should really be mindful of how much fear and anxiety they can feel coming from you. That will also help set them up for an eventual return to school or daycare at a one-on-one -on -one provider because it will ground them in some level of confidence that they're not going to put them in an unsafe position. And pretty much overall, you're all they got right now. Um, you know, they have fewer avenues to socialize with others, and people provide us with all connections, uh, stimulation, and there are few options when we're stuck at home. So as a parent, uh, I am pretty sure that you agree with most of this, correct? Yes, 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 and yes. Um, <laughs> and it was something that uh, it was something that uh, when this first happened and this first hit, it was a lot of reminding my child because she's older. She's she's you know should be more independent, but her world is very small compared to mine. Um, she's not quite to the point of understanding the larger world around her. So keeping that routine, keeping those people, making sure you're talking, making sure it's like, okay, I'm going to call every day at blank time. And again, I, I ended up being one of those, um, I was a, I don't like saying essential, but I, I was an employee that was working throughout COVID. And because of all that, during the shutdown, I wasn't home to foster that. So we do have still that separation time. But then it was still like every day when I go to work, I'm going to still say goodbye to you the same way I said goodbye to you when you were going to school. Every day when 
you know, it's my lunchtime and I check in on you during your lunchtime, I'm going to do the same thing. Every day when I get home, we're going to have dinner the same way we always do so that those routines are still still um, ingrained. It may not be the same, and there may not be a lot of that, you know, there's still a lot of flexibility and a lot of things that are in flux, but it's a little bit easier to, again, come back to. That's like the center. It's like, okay, I know I can be here because I have this. This is not something that's going away. So, yeah, absolutely, I understand that, and I agree with it wholeheartedly. Um, on the flip side of that, it's not just kids. It's not just children. Um, I think that it's um, the older generation. I think parents need it as well, um, just because we're used to these change and influx a little bit better. We uh, Maybe not used to it, but maybe we can handle it a little bit better, I think. Um, right. Or, or we think we can. Let's do it that way. We think we can handle it a little bit better. We think we can compartmentalize a little bit better. But I think that we also need that routine so that we can always go back to our center as well. Because I think we'll get too caught up in the larger world out there that we forget to bring it back home. So I think we, we as adults, suffer from the opposite thing that children have, which is their world is surrounded. This is their world. Their small world is this little place. Our world is such a large place. And I think we could get lost in either side of that. Um, and then, of course, the older generation, when they don't have, they have their routines that involve socializing. They have their routines that involve being at, like, senior centers or clubs or um, uh, golfing, uh, sporting, that kind of thing, where it's, that's how they got their interaction and their people time that they need because they're older. They had, you know, the widowers or uh, they've been divorced for a really long time. They've been retired for a really long time. So that's where they get their, that's how they feed their soul with their interaction with people. So those right. routines were disrupted as well. So those things need to kind of ramp back up. So it's, it's, it's a fun little thing to look at and why, but I think it happens across the board. And I don't think it's just kids. I think it's really you can find it in every I don't want to say stage, but in, in, in every kind of bracket of age group, you probably mm-hmm. find exactly that same thing and why routine is a good thing. And you kind of put rigid, it out there that, uh, you know, for the age bracket that's not kid and that's not, you know, older adult, the kind of like the pressure's on them, you know, in, in a strange way. It's like, hey, you have to be the one with mm-hmm. the stiff upper lip and you have to, you know, be there for others. And, uh, yeah, you're right, everyone has uh, some sort of anxiety about this, in which, um, you know, it's not just kids. It's it's adults, too. So, mm-hmm. And it's okay to break down. That's the other yeah. thing. I think adults have been, I think we've been like, hey, we're going to get through this, and we're going to power through. And I think sometimes people forget that it's okay to say, I can't power through right now. I'm freaking out. And freak out. Um, it's all right. Even if you're not freaking out because you're scared of it, maybe you're freaking out because you aren't scared of it and people around you are scared, or you're, uh, you're not scared and you're afraid of people being offended by your not being scared, like being affected by you not being affected. Um, that's also a legitimate feeling by all means. All of it's legitimate, and it's not something we're used to, so it's okay. Right. I think people forget that it's okay. 
It is okay. Um, I had another story tonight. Uh, I'm actually telling Mary for the first time here, probably over the air. The more I look at it, the more I really don't even want to discuss it. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I'm okay with that. That's okay. (laughs) Well, I'll be brief. Because the story that I'm going to pretty much uh, not even go into was uh, in regards to Facebook CEO Mark Zuckerberg, uh, who pretty much thought that social networks, uh, he does not think social networks should be fact-checking what politicians post. Um, And this in light of Twitter's decision to start fact-checking tweets of President Donald Trump, uh, Twitter's move, of course, came after various comments and then Zuckerberg stating that he doesn't think that Facebook or Internet platforms in general should be the arbiters of truth, Uh, and that political speech is one of the most sensitive parts in a democracy, and people should be able to see what politicians say. Um, (laughs) I think we've talked about the past of social media and its standing and what it should be. I've got to say this without um, probably having somebody knocking at my door, but uh, I don't care who you are. Pretty much, I think, when it comes to something as major as, you know, if it's the general public, I mean, we should be able to tell somebody's BS or not, but when it comes to other things, I think that social media kind of should. I don't care who it is, whether it's someone, if you're, Democrat, Republican, Socialist, or whoever else, I mean, if it's something that's flat-out wrong and it's not truth-based and it's going on social media, I mean, you do it to everybody else. If I'm putting something out there, you're going to probably radio silence me for a few weeks. I don't think it should end right there. I don't. It probably should be with politicians because they have a broader reach than anybody else, but I know there's going to be people that disagree with that, but I think that, you know, for anyone, if something's wrong, or if you say, hey, uh, uh, you know, some politician comes along and talks about something that didn't happen at a given point, and most of us know and the other ones take it as true, I think that it is should be of importance to our social media to say, hey, that's not right. Or give them a chance to correct it, or a chance to state further why they felt that they had to say that something. But social media is not, you know, it is. It's still a private entity. So as like, I guess it's up to the websites if you want to do that. And that's why I was like, Twitter is not a national, <laughs> you know, uh, entity. It's it's private. So they have a right to do what they want on their website. And we've seen time and again where Twitter or Instagram will come out and tell somebody that what they're posting or what they're doing is wrong. So why does it have to stop at politicians? They do it to actors. They do it to, uh, you know, other people in other different parts, parts of entertainment. It's their website. And if they don't like it, go somewhere else. That's just me. But anyway, <laughs> uh, I'm not sure if you wanted to chime in on that story, but I had something here about uh, the. Yeah, go ahead. Oh no, no, no! I was going to say the next story was about food, but uh, 
<laughs> okay, well, we'll get to the food in a moment because I, I am down for food. Um, mine no, is a quick food. two seconds. <laughs> no, I, okay, I'm down for talking about food. Um, my my mine is very brief and very short. It's if you're going to try and sell me something, then I'd better get facts as well. I have no problem with opinion as long as it's down as an opinion. Um, if somebody goes, yes, it's an opinion, then this is my opinion or this is my page and this is what I think, those are fine. Um, but if somebody's out there saying this is what happened and that's absolutely a blatant lie and you're still using your media site to sell me something and that's how you're making money, no thank you. Um, right. You have an obligation to, to – um, because if that's the case, then I'm going to start posting that it's fact that the um, that aliens are living in my backyard. You know, it, it's if it's not true, you should not be able to post it if you're right. presenting it as fact. If you're presenting it as how what you believe, if you're presenting it as what you feel, if you're presenting it as your opinion, by all means, do so. Even if right. I think you are 100% wrong. But if you are presenting it as fact, it should be checked. But that's Thank my two <laughs> And I concede the floor. Um, <laughs> but, and I uh, concede the floor. Yes. <laughs> I'm not sure if you guys have seen the video this week about that, but it is hilarious. But um, It is funny. <laughs> <laughs> but there is a food, a nostalgic, oh and I, I didn't, share this story before then because we've got a little bit of time here before I go into what's trending on Twitter but there's a nostalgic New England treat that's making a comeback and it's canned bread I'll oh. say it again canned bread it's, it looks like exactly what you think it would look like you ever like open up a can of cranberry sauce and you pour it out Imagine yeah that's fun Imagine it in a spongy form and <laughs> bread. Um, so, yeah, so there was an article uh, of people who grew up in the New England area, many of whom expressed fond memories of eating B&M brown bread, which is available in both plain and raisin varieties. So they do have raisin brown bread. Um, and, uh, Sorry. People, they say gross. Some people said they used to cram as much in their mouths as they could and then asked to be excused to the restroom so they can christen the commode with it. <laughs> Apparently, uh, uh, when people or some people had moved away, uh, they could not find them anywhere, and it kind of did a little bit of a disappearance. And I swore I saw something like this, and I thought I did see it in the stores locally here. Um, but I know that some have found it as far away as Florida. Um uh, but Amazon also has the uh, cans of the goodness on sale as well. Um, and they said that it's overly moist, perhaps even slimy, and it looked like that of a muffin, uh, and that the bread reminded them of a rye bread, but the raisins were hard to detect. Both versions tasted similar. They said it was like a zucchini bread, but without the zucchini, um, zucchini, zucchini calling it dense. <laughs> Um, so my question to you, uh, off the top of your head, uh, would canned bread even sound like something that you'd like no. to try? And I, what's the, 
uh, probably the <laughs> grossest thing that you would probably think that could come in a can. <laughs> oh, well, I mean, you mean other than bread. That just sounds so wrong. Um, gosh, come in a can. You mean like, sar- I don't like sardines. That's controversial, <laughs> I'm sure. Um, but I, I definitely don't like sardines. Even though I have, and I have tried it, I have eaten it. There was a there was a very dark day in my life where I was in the kitchen eating sardines out of the can with crackers. I was pregnant though, so that doesn't count. Um, but yeah, other than sardines, um, that uh, that that corned beef hash stuff. That's not what I'm thinking. But do you know what I'm talking about? There's the like the trap the, the trapezoid cans of. I want to say it was corned beef, but I could be wrong. Corned beef hash? Corned, uh, yeah. Know. Like that stuff's not great sometimes. <laughs> um, Hormel, yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, canned bread. Yeah. Ugh. I, I, would I guess think if that, they canned something else like that, that would be kind of gross. I wouldn't do a canned pizza of... Uh, Canned hot dogs, which are Vienna sausages, which I know some people don't like. <laughs> I like them. I know. I, I, don't I like them really camping. Them. They remind and, me of um, camping. Yeah. I'm trying to think here. What what canned food would I not want to see? Or I don't know. Canned I'm like you. Sardines is probably one that I'm not. Uh, I know my grandmother used to love sardines. No. Couldn't mm-hmm. do it. Um, mm-hmm. I know a lot of people that don't like Spam. I am down for spam. So canned meat, I'm usually okay with. <laughs> I just told, I know for certain, because I could say it and I could speak on her behalf, I know that she would not eat a can of minute rice. So sorry. No, no, absolutely not. <laughs> I don't know how that would work, but no, I wouldn't. Do, that's what I'm saying. I'm trying to think of things that would go into a can that I probably wouldn't eat. Like, I wouldn't eat canned marshmallows. But I guess that would really? be marshmallow fluff. Would that be canned marshmallow? Yeah, uh, well, it would be jarred marshmallow. Jarred marshmallow is not as bad as I think canned gives it a tin like a. a, a they put fluff a, like in a can. You, you probably would not eat it. I probably wouldn't. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I'm trying to think of other things that I wouldn't eat in a can. I mean, I eat. Well, here you go. This this shows some of my colors. I eat some weird stuff. I know I do, but I I enjoy a canned cranberry. Jelly, whatever that jam concoction jello is. <laughs> <laughs> I, I admit it's not real. I know it's not real, but it's still fun to like let it squish out of the can. There's something just satisfying about the plop at the very end. <laughs> <laughs> the sucking sound and the plop. <laughs> yes, yeah, and now we've gone there. This is, this is not that type of show, people. Um, <laughs> PG thirteen. Um, but yeah, no, sardines is probably like currently canned things other than bread. Um, yeah, canned deviled eggs. Blech. That would be gross. Mm. Yeah. Then again, I don't like pickled eggs either. I guess people like pickled eggs. Ugh. No thanks. Canned pickles. I wonder how that would be. I know. I think it would be like soggier and saltier because it would have to be, you know, and it's in a glass jar for a reason, but in a can, I don't know if that would last. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what I'm saying. It's like it's a, it's a weird combo of things. There's stuff in like jars that I don't know would translate well into a, a can. Right. But huh. yeah. But currently canned things other than bread, I wouldn't do sardines. That's like that's probably my number one outside of canned bread. I don't think I'm ever going to try canned bread. Uh, so <laughs> I think for Christmas or probably uh, your birthday, I will try to locate a can of canned bread. I will see if the <laughs> <laughs> I will see if it's in your interest or something. Maybe try. Um, I'll get you the raisin one, so that way uh, it's not as bad. Well, like, I think I just threw up a little bit. <laughs> you like zucchini bread, right? I do. I absolutely do. When it's uh, fresh and warm and wonderful. What? As a matter of fact, here's what we're going to do. I will be out in Las Vegas uh, later in July. Um, we're going to figure out a way to do a live show uh, when I'm out there. If I could find canned bread by then... <laughs> I think we should do like a live tasting of canned bread. <laughs> that would be hilarious. Uh, I think we should. I won't take my mask off for that. But I'll, I'll wear the mask for that one, so it doesn't quite make it in. There you go. Uh, time I for just a week. Smell through the mask. Right. Time for our unfiltered weekly look at what is trending on Twitter, because I usually will just go to it. Even not even studying it before the show. Um, <laughs> one of the things that I did hear about this story earlier, and I'm not even going to go further than what I'm going to tell you, but trending is Lady G. You'll have to find out on your own why that is trending. Um, Roger Goodell is trending. <laughs> uh, as the NFL has admitted, mm-hmm. it was wrong in the handling of player protest against racism and police brutality. Um, Air Bud is, tre- is trending tonight. Um I don't okay. know. Uh, I think it's because it's on ESP, it was on ESPN. Uh, so they've been airing like movies. So, uh, Air Bud is trending. <laughs> Twitter is bored. <laughs> I've seen the strangest things trending on Twitter over the last week, and it has been insane. I, I, I've seen, like, a lot of old school stuff. Uh, stuff out of the clear blue, and I'm like, why in the heck is this trending? Uh, Chuck E. Cheese was trending today because there was some article, I think last week we did something about foods that were popular in most states. And here in the Midwest, it seemed that the most popular food was Chuck E. Cheese, which they obviously only studied parents. They didn't study everybody else because I don't know who would choose Chuck E. Cheese as a popular food over every other uh, fast food conglomerate. But um, Sky Jackson uh, is trending. And man, oh man, huh. this is why I love Twitter. And if you don't know who Sky Jackson is, Sky Jackson, if your kids are of the Disney Channel age, she is the actress that played Zuri on the Disney Channel series Jesse and the sequel Bunk. She's also voiced Glory Grant across the Marvel Rising series. Um, and. She is also a YouTuber and has done a bunch of other things. But the reason why Sky Jackson is trending is because she has used her platform today to pretty much – you have to go to her website to see it. Um, but Sky Jackson went on today, and ever since early this afternoon, I had to start following her because it was 
It was the most amazing thing to see. Um, Sky Jackson pretty much has had it with anyone that is racist, and that is anyone that is a young racist. So pretty much what Sky has been doing is she has been exposing anybody on social media that has said something that is racist, misogynist, anything that is pretty much bad, primarily like a lot of racist. And she has pretty much uh, come out and said, hey, this is so-and-so, and will actually post what they said. And she is asking anyone um, and uh, that if someone has done that, she's pretty much just going to out them right on social media. And uh, she is telling people that if you are going to send her anyone's username or uh, screenshots of what they've said or what they've done, she said, please make sure you have it 100% correct. It's not cool to blame someone for something that they didn't do. But for those that uh, did, <laughs> uh, she has pretty much called them out. While it is partway bravo, I know it also hinges on that whole thing of dangerous because you're putting somebody out there that uh, – could start to be tracked by other people and um, pretty much bullied, which is what we don't want. But I will tell you, uh, just watching this all day, she didn't stop. I mean, anyone who has uh, said anything bad, um, she has either retweeted it or she has put it on blast. That's pretty much what she's done today. So that's why Sky has been trending all day long. Um the other thing that's trending is the it's the Macarena. What? <laughs> yes. The Macarena is trending um, because um, there was a few people who, uh, protesters who did the Macarena with uh the forces there um, and the police. Um, and, uh, it says countdown to curfew in Atlanta, and the cops started doing a Macarena, and the protesters joined them, and everybody's doing Macarena. So, yeah. You know the Macarena is like 25 years old now? Uh, I know, and I, I felt really old thinking about that. <laughs> Um, and then uh, we, uh, Red Foreman is trending <laughs> One of my favorite TV characters Red Foreman is trending uh, Because Um well, it's not for a good reason, um, but Twitter is, like I said, Twitter's not having it anymore with anybody who is wrong or does wrong, and uh, I'm pretty sure some of you have seen the video of a gentleman in Maryland uh, who was on a bike trail and confronted a little girl who had a sign uh, supporting uh, protesters in Black Lives Matter, and he came up to her, uh, pretty much took the sign physically out of her hand, ran over someone else, 
So they had his uh, mugshot. They said he looked like Red Foreman. And Twitter is pretty much just riding this guy through the mud. And his name, and I'm actually going to put it out there, police have charged Anthony Brennan III uh, with three counts of second-degree assault for the incident on the Capitol Crescent Trail. Um, but pretty much our people are saying uh, uh, he looks like one person put it, and I think this is probably the tweet of the day, uh, or a couple of treats. Uh, he looks like Red Foreman. But we bet Red Foreman would probably put his boot up this dude's ass and kick the crap out of him. <laughs> That's why I took Red Foreman to trend. But, um, yeah, so besides Mama June and besides uh, tonight's edition of SmackDown, also the Strawberry Moon. I'm not sure if it's, like, dark enough out that way now to see the moon, but tonight the moon has a little bit of a color to it, is a Strawberry Moon. So, yes. Go look out the window. I'll give you a few seconds. I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm looking. It's not dark enough. <laughs> not dark enough yet out there in the west. It is here in the Midwest. Uh, but it is a little bit of a reddish type of moon. And it is uh, the sixth moon of creation, which is a strawberry moon. Um, and it is, uh, yeah, a lot of nice pictures online in regards to the moon from different places tonight. So, you have an opportunity. Does anybody still buy telescopes? People can. Yeah. I mean, I, I remember mean, that's, a, that is a purchase that people can make. I remember as a kid, I wanted uh, a telescope, and it was like I would, I would think about it, but I was like, sometimes the other stuff was kind of like more important, and I was like, it'd be pretty cool to have a telescope. Um, never did get one. Too many kids now are asking for a telescope. You know. I don't know. It just depends on the kid because Morgan has one. Oh. Had. Has. Go out and watch. I don't know the... if she still has it. got to be somewhere. I mean, if you didn't throw it out, it's got to be there somewhere. Maybe. <laughs> or probably not. Um, <laughs> besides that, any shout-outs tonight? Uh, no shout-outs tonight. Um more than more more uh, more along the lines of um, oh, what's what, how do, how do I want to say this? Um, it. Support. I guess it would be more support than anything. Um, I kind of to play off of everything that you said the, at the top of the show, um, and unfortunately, and, and I've said this a few times. Uh, when it comes to experience, I am not one that has had one. I have not had that experience. I've had experiences that come close but pale in comparison. Um, so I, I understand a little bit of where this is coming from, but then I'm also ignorant to some of the reasonings, and I'm still trying. Like I, I know I'm not. I'm not, I know I'm not perfect, but at least I'm still trying. Um, but something that I came across today was from, um, and it's going to hurt me because of where this is going to hurt me, um, but Tony Dungy uh, made a statement. Mm. And he'd be our bears, for heaven's sakes, and I'm going to quote this guy. Man, this sucks. Um, but uh, to basically to paraphrase, it's basically that we're letting – Anger and bitterness win out over logic and reason 
we are letting distrust and prejudice win out over love and respect when we should be standing up and being and saying that we are going to be on the forefront of meaningful dialogue and meaningful change. And the hard discussions need to happen, and I get that, and I'm trying to have those, um, but to everybody that's doing their thing, however it is, um, if they're supporting monetarily, if they're out in the protest, if they're, if they're asking questions, even if it's just as simple as asking questions and reaching out, um, we can't bring about change unless we change ourselves. So to all those people, shout out to you. There you go. There's my shout out. And follow that. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I couldn't. Uh, besides the fact that I will tell everyone that I do hope that they have a wonderful weekend. We thank them for listening. We will not be here next week. I'll actually be out of town. Uh Party. I don't know about all that. Well, I mean, I'm looking forward to it. Um, yes. You know, life is short. Uh, with things kind of opening up now, still be careful if you are going to start traveling or if you're still going to be out uh, doing different things. But life is short. Call people. Smartfully, when things are right, go visit. Uh, that's one of the things that I'm about to do. Um, and I couldn't, you know, I think, you know, I couldn't have said it better than uh, what Mary has said. Uh, but, you know, uh, just do, well, it sounds corny in itself, but just do the right thing, all of us. Um, you know, and there will be a day where we can all breathe again and we shall overcome. But thank you so much for listening. Um, And we will see you in a couple of weeks here on page one. Good night, everybody.